0: Hey guys, welcome to the Doula Diaries. I'm Heidi. I'm the host of the Birth Story podcast, which drops birth story episodes and expert interviews every Thursday. I'm also the author of the Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal. It is everything, 529 pages of everything that you need to know to prepare for your birth. You can get that at birthstory.com. And I am also the content creator for Birth Story Academy, where you go for online learning from a virtual doula. You can also get into my private Facebook community through Birth Story Academy. And here on Tuesdays is where we meet for doula diaries. So welcome. Episode three. I'm recording on Tuesday live before the Thanksgiving holiday. And so I'm coming to you with just like a quick little snack about catching babies. And if you have the book on page 288, you'll see the birth story, Doulas Don't Catch Babies. And we're also gonna talk about the length of labor and how those two things play a role. But before I get started, it is the Thanksgiving week and I just wanna send each one of you light, love, gratitude, prayers. Thank you for being here. If you have followed me in my journey for any length of time at all, you know that Birth Story Media is the company that I built to kind of rise from the ashes when my life fell apart and I lost everything And here I am just over three years later and I have gone to bed the last couple of nights and I have literally for the first time in three and a half years thought to myself, I feel happy. I feel joy. I am starting to really feel like I am going to survive some of the cards that I have been handed. And so as I go into this Thanksgiving season, I am just very thankful for every single person who has bought a book to support me as a single mother, every single person who has signed up for the alerts for Birth Story Academy to invest in that course. Like It is investing in you. It is also investing in me, showing up here to listen to the podcast and to learn so that I can serve birthing persons and their partners, if applicable, like this is what makes my world go round and I am forever grateful for each of you. So I imagine I'm sitting in my closet right now and I'm recording and I just look out at the clothes in the wall and I think, I imagine it's a sea of 150,000 of you, just ears open, traveling to your families, wondering what you're doing for the holidays, and I wish I could give each one of you a hug and say, thank you. Thank you for being here. You being here is important to me and helps me keep going. So let's talk about... The three times in my life I have caught babies as a doula with no training, which is not something doulas do, which is why we're going to talk about it, right? Because some of these stories are kind of funny, like maybe a little bit dramatizing for the birthing persons. I mean, but not really. But I want to talk about like the length of labor and how it can be so unpredictable, literally so unpredictable that your doula or your partner or whoever or yourself can catch your own baby sometimes, right? Like we make birth so complicated, especially when we're birthing in a hospital. And often it's just not that complicated. So, so uncomplicated that people were blown away yesterday. I did my first reel on Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram, like give me your feedback on that reel. I would love it. It was a doula client's two-year-old Hadley. Like Walking through the streets with a baby doll in her hand, sunglasses on, and like giving the bird. I mean, I don't think she was doing it on purpose, but anyway, I turned my dual client's child into a meme and then my first reel. So I hope that you like that reel and you will go comment on it on Instagram at Birth Story Podcast. So I think the reason that my reel elicited so many comments is because I said I had a 0% cesarean rate in 17 years for clients that went into spontaneous labor and were unmedicated. And that is a true fact. So, you know, I really don't actually know how many births I've attended, but like, let's just say it's like in the 700s range. Okay. So 17 years, let's say on average, about 700 births, zero clients went into spontaneous physiological birthing, and then went on to have no medical interventions like all or an epidural or nitrous oxide or anything like that, and ended in a cesarean section. All of my cesarean sections were because of, sorry, I'm not going to say because of, all of my cesarean sections were the product of inductions and medical interventions. So I think that surprised people, right? So I'm really honest with my dual clients. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you it's a zero percent chance like that just happens to be my statistic. But like if you really, really, really want to definitely not have a C-section, I'm like physiological birthing without medication or interventions and make birth uncomplicated. Now, that's not everyone's story, y'all. Everyone here knows I had two inductions. Okay. And one of them was elective and planned. So, you know, do what I say, not as I do, I guess. I'm just saying, I knew I was at high risk, especially with 10 and a half pound baby for a C-section, but some in an induction and, and an epidural and all the things. But I'm just saying as your virtual doula in this reel that I did that got lots of attention, it's, you know, not, it's not super complicated. And here are a couple of stories on when It wasn't that complicated. And me, the doula, caught the babies (laughs) with no training. So just went back to like primal cave person times of like what my instincts told me to do. Plus, honestly, I believe that you do learn from watching. And I have watched lots of amazing midwives and OBs deliver babies. If I wanted, I have an MBA. I have a master's degree everyone in my family has a doctorate. It's not too late. If I wanted to catch babies, I would have gone to midwifery school, (laughs) but I love, I'm a coach. I was a soccer player and an international soccer player. And I like to coach. Okay. I like being an emotional and physical support person. I like not having the, um, pressure of like keeping babies and moms alive. Like that's not my job. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this, these stories of uncomplicated birthing. So the first was when I was a a young, tiny little doula baby. And um, it's Chronicled on page 288, and it is where I talk about one of my clients with a precipitous birth. Now, the definition of precipitous is four hours or less. Some will say three hours or less, but four hours or less from start to finish. So it was her first baby. We didn't, you know, you don't know that these are rare. So I'm talking about three out of like 700. Okay. So this is likely not going to be your stories. Okay. So her labor begins. It's really hard and fast right away. We get to the hospital and they check her cervix and she's six centimeters dilated and she's a first time mom and she's handling it great. And so they were like, sure, you can get in the bathtub and, t- you know, take a bath, which is wonderful at six centimeters dilated for someone who wants to go unmedicated. So she gets in the bathtub and I'm I'm like, oh God, I had no experience as a newer doula. And she's like, I really feel like I have to poop. And I had never had children at this point. I think I was like 27 years old, and had been a doula for a couple of years. And um, I was like, yeah, okay, get out of the bathtub and get on the toilet and take a poop. <laughs> now, oh my gosh, you guys! There is, as we learned in the last episode, all the pooping usually happens before you have a baby. Uh, the rectal pressure now is a set 17-year veteran doula. The rectal pressure is what causes you to think you have to poop, but that's really the baby's head. So whatever, baby doula, I get her out of the bathtub and get her onto the toilet. And then the baby's head comes out and she kind of stands up and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm catching a baby on the toilet with like no experience. And I pull the red cord for the doctor to come in, who I still work with all the time and adore him. He's like a vagina whisperer. And so I am here with the mom and we're kind of like hold, like kind of the baby's kind of like almost totally out. And I'm like, how, how do I like stop holding the baby and then get the OB so to do the real job? And the mom's just like standing there over the toilet. Like, what is happening? And this is all like, you know, maybe 20 minutes after she was six centimeters dilated. Okay. And didn't like maybe pushed one time. So very rare story. Okay. Doulas do not deliver babies like every now and then they come out like, should I have known when she said she had to poop? Yes, but I was a new doula. So any doulas that are listening and your client kind of six centimeters, they can go from six to 10 to baby in 12 minutes and they don't need to um, poop. Okay. So I learned that lesson a long, long, long time ago. That was baby number one. Baby number two. This was one of my favorite stories because um, this mom had just moved from the UK and in the UK, she had had all the freedom. So she had had like water, she had had two water births and she really wanted to birth in the water. And I was like, oh, these hospitals over here don't really let that go down. Um, But I mean, I remember being like, well, they can't make you get out of the bathtub, but like, you know, it's hard to like. I don't know to speak for them. Don't speak for the hospital. But what I believe is that these are not birthing tubs. These are like hospital bathtubs that look like a hotel bathtub. So there's not a lot of room. Like it's very hard to even get knees in for Kiko or knees out for a squat in these tubs. So it's not like an ideal birthing position. And it's really hard to judge blood loss, you know, when it's diluted with the water. And we don't know how much water was in the bathtub. So color is a thing too. Versus if you're in a controlled environment, right, and you're planning on a water birth, like they can look at things like dilution and color. So this is just me speaking as not an expert on why I think perhaps maybe there are no water births in the city that I live in. I don't know. Y'all send me a text message. Tell me if I'm right or wrong if you're listening. So I had told this mom, like, you know, they really don't do water births. I know you've had two water births, but. Um, if you're in the bathtub, you know, they can't drag you out of there. So go on with your bad self. So um, it just didn't really work out that way. Right. Like it never goes according to plan. So her plan was like she was going to get there and she was going to tell the midwife, hey, I'm really comfortable in this bathtub and like I don't want to get out. Well, what happened was, again, a precipitous labor and we get to the hospital and and she is like massively in transition. I'm like, oh my gosh, she is like about to push, and we bypass triage. They were gonna take her to triage, and I was like, y'all, it's her third baby. Like, <laughs> the baby's about to be born. So somehow I talked them out of triage. We get into the room. They check her cervix. She's like eight to nine centimeters dilated, and the midwife knows her plan at this point and is like, okay, you can get in the tub okay so um just to labor for a while and then was like you know if you feel the need to push if you could just you know we would appreciate it if you would get out of the tub so you know i'm running the water and she while they're doing all this and then she comes over to the bathroom and we do like a couple deep squats with the rebozo i'm like just do a couple deep squats cuz you're 8 to 9 like just get that head down a little bit more before you get in the bathtub so she does a couple deep squats with the rebozo I squeeze on her hips, we do Kiko, um, knees in, ankles out, and then she gets in the bathtub. And as soon as she gets into the bathtub on her on her knees, I'm like sitting on the side. Everyone has now just left the room because she was getting ready to just relax in the tub. I don't know when they were planning to come back, when a third-time parent is 8 to 9 centimeters dilated. But anyway, they left the room and... um Maybe the nurse was doing something. I don't remember. She was lovely. And all of a sudden, she's like, hey, Heidi, I feel something. And so, again, it was like maybe one push, and I'm sitting there over the bathtub, and I'm like, oh, I'm holding your baby's head in my hands. (laughs) and i was like and then she a big contraction comes and she and i'm like the nurse i think the nurse was actually in the room because i was like hey and I, her name and i said her name and i was like the baby is like out in my hands you know and so um I, I don't know if i would even call it a water birth because then she sort of like stood up halfway i switched with the nurse and now the baby is like the behind her and she's like standing up in the bathtub and it's super awkward and the nurse is like holding her baby but she can't even see her baby because it's behind her. And anyway, second time I had to deliver a baby in my career. And um oh, I shouldn't say delivered, like catch, help, guide. I don't know. I mean I didn't really do anything except for my hands were right there. Um her bot her body both instances, their bodies delivered their babies. I was just there the first time to make sure the baby didn't land in the toilet. And then the second time, I don't know, to try to pass the baby through uh, to the nurse, right? To make sure she was okay. But again, going through that experience, I'm now like, "Hmm, I think that's probably why they don't do this, these water births, because it was super awkward. There was no room. And I would say that the mom probably didn't think that this was like the most enjoyable water birth because it really wasn't, a water birth. So anyway, in both instances, it's like, oh gosh, I don't want to be a doula anymore. Like, please don't let this ever happen to me again. That was very stressful. Um, You know, but again, sometimes I make birth complicated because I see complicated sometimes, right? And it's like that one to 3% complicated then can taint even the best doula from, you know, remembering how uncomplicated birth can be, right? Like so so then fast forward to this year. And this is like the one that I wish would have never happened. I had a client that the worst thing that could have ever happened to her was a medical person not being in the room. She had a lot of anxiety and like high level of anxiety, a lot of trauma and she was very comfortable and safe with with doctors and midwives and nurses and in a hospital. And it was her second baby. And on her first baby, some of you may remember, I Instagrammed live outside of the triage room because they locked me out of triage saying that the room was too small, in which I'm allowed in all the time now. And I was like, well, is this like I had heard lots of other doulas had been in triage and I had been through the years. And so I felt like I was being fat shamed because they were literally like, there's not enough room for you in there. So I was like outside of this triage room, like Instagramming live about how I was being fat shamed while my client, you could hear her in the video was going through transition. So it was like super obvious she was in transition and here she is alone without her doula in a triage room And they were like, well, she's only three centimeters. And I was like, listen to her. Anyway, within 30 minutes, she was 10 centimeters dilated. She did all the hard labor and transition alone in triage while I was fat fucking shamed. And eventually we meet in her room and she delivers the baby. This is baby number one. Doctor's there. Everybody's there. Well, now we have established a history of a giant baby. It was over a nine and a half pound baby. And her cervix went from three to 10 in less than an hour to delivery. So now here we are on baby number two. The top of her birth plan says her cervix opens very fast. She had a very short active labor. Again, I'm going to call this a precipitous active labor, history precipitous active labor. And, you know, I think what still bothers me to this day is as doulas, sometimes we're not heard. We're like dismissed. I've labored start to finish, Like I hear their earliest sounds. I'm with them either virtually or in person for 24, 36, 48 hours. I designed my whole doula practice to learn from a birthing woman from the very beginning signs of labor all the way through the end. And now, you know, like I said, I think I'm probably in the 700s, right? So of births. And so when I come in and tell a group of, people this person goes very quickly it hurts my feelings deeply to not feel heard right like or not be taken seriously as a professional doula and I know many doulas out there feel the same way but nonetheless this client this time just wanted her epidural as quickly as possible which we got we got to the hospital we got the epidural I mean kind of everything unfolded really Perfectly, and we had her on her right side, and she was going to take a nap. And you know, there's because she has an epidural, they're monitoring her heart rate, and all of a sudden, the we can't see the heart rate on the monitor. And um, I'm like, okay, well, they're they're watching this, you know, like surely they'll come in. Well, we couldn't see the heart rate on the monitor because the baby had dropped down into her pelvis. And was coming out. So they were like, you can't monitor a baby really on the belly anymore when the baby's like halfway out. Little did we know. She's covered up with blankets and sheets. So the providers had just been in. They had checked her. She was six centimeters. They had broken her water. And I remember thinking like and saying like, I don't really feel like the nurse should leave the room. Like I understand the delivering provider not leave the room. But I'm thinking like, shouldn't we be practicing bedside nursing with someone who has a history of precipitous delivery and they let everybody left the room. So anyway, about, I think it was exactly 12 minutes later, this client says, Hey, let's roll to the other side. So I said, okay. So her leg was like up and up. She was on her side with her leg up in a stirrup for exaggerated sideline. It's a really amazing, effective position for opening her pelvis. And I pull the sheet down and I, open like like literally just like open her leg up to like so she's flat on her back and the baby comes out and this mom is screaming terrified because again she's safe with doctors and nurses and midwives and like knows that her coach over here is you know not the one to deliver her baby so like very quickly mammalian instincts Look down and I'm like, okay, baby halfway out, there's no nuchal cord, like, you know, check for a nuchal cord, there's no nuchal cord, there's no hand, anything like that. And I just, I said, reach down, this is your baby, reach down. And I helped her gently pull her baby to her chest, okay? Baby delivered itself, <laughs> She had an epidural, so I just don't think she felt the urge to push it. But she never pushed. So fetal ejection reflex or anything like that. Just from one position change. I tell this story because, again, doulas don't deliver babies. And the length of labor is usually for a first-time mom around 24 hours. Okay? For a second, though, it can be short. So many second-time so we're about to interview Jenna Lee Rude again because I, I hear through the grapevine, if you listen to Jenna's episode, that the second one also came very quickly and she may have delivered her own baby. Can't wait to get to Jenna's episode. But like I say this because the second ones can come much quicker. The thirds are kind of like the question mark, right? But the second ones can come much quicker. And I just wish for a day where doulas are, especially experienced, trained doulas, are taken seriously in their advocacy role because, and I'm going to leave this one short. Here's what happened. The follow-up to this story, which I just told you, which is 100% truth, was a nurse lied, lied. And I don't know why. To save her own rear end, maybe? Lied and said she opened the door and saw me coach pushing my client. Okay, let's rewind. My contract says no coached pushing. My birth plans say no no coached pushing. The book says no coached pushing. How many episodes have y'all listened to about the fetal ejection reflex and no coached pushing? I mean, there is no better way to make me angry than to tell a lie about me. But then, like then to tell a lie about something i would never do which is coach pushing unless my client has an epidural and specifically asked me like hey i'm i'm struggling here and i need help with this right but like anyway that's how that ended you guys right it ended with a nurse lying and then i had to like defend myself to this birthing institution about how their lack of attention to my client was their fault, not mine. But anyway, I digress. Doulas do not deliver babies, but sometimes we make birth so complicated, and sometimes it's really uncomplicated, and babies come quickly, and sometimes they come with little to no pushing or effort because their uterine contractions push their babies out, okay? So, If you are a first-time birthing person, the average length of labor, again, is 24 hours. If you call me at 10.30 at night and tell me you're feeling contractions, I'm like, great. At 10.30 tomorrow night, we might have a baby. So you should probably sleep tonight. If you are a second what we call tip, second, third, fourth time, that it can unfold much more quickly. Okay. And so I, what I don't want to leave this episode on is that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a second time parent and I listen to 90s episode and no one's going to make it to my birth and I'm going to deliver in the car. No, I just told you this was three out of 700 plus. Okay. So this is not going to be your story, likely. Okay. The whole point of this story was just to tell a, some interesting facts about doula and doula diaries about some of the things that I've seen and done over my career that could be memorialized, even for my children. It's important. I love these stories because then my kids someday get to hear these stories about the important work that their mom did, and that makes me proud to record these episodes. And I hope that you learned something from today. Again, the first story is in the book in 288. And then I talk about the length of labor in the book on page 384. Okay, see you next week. Okay, thanks for letting me interrupt this episode for just a quick minute with some reminders. One, Birth Story Academy is launching on February 1st, 2022, but pre-sales start on December 1st, 2021. So if you are listening in that window, I am offering 50% off to my loyal podcast listeners with code BIRTHSTORYPODCAST. Second reminder, just click on birthstory.com, go to the workbook, type in your email address. It unlocks an entire library of all of my free resources. So if you want to learn more about placenta encapsulation, delayed cord clamping, have birth plan templates, like whatever your heart desires, I probably have written a guide for it. My latest guides are on postpartum recovery and breastfeeding. So I hope you will check out all those free resources at com. And last but not least, if you wanna go the extra mile, I would love it if you would push pause and leave a review. And then click the icon that says share and send the podcast or a favorite episode to someone that you know who is pregnant, trying to become pregnant, loves birth stories, or that would really enjoy the birth story podcast. The only way people learn about this is through word of mouth and referral. So I love those reviews and those shares, and I appreciate you so much. So let's get back to this episode. Page 78, Postcards from the Womb, Pregnancy Week 6 from Date of Last, Menstrual Period. Dear Mom, it's time to pay a visit to the doctor or midwife. At their office, they will do blood tests, a urinalysis, and maybe an internal ultrasound to confirm that I am here. Let's talk about your boobs. You may have noticed you are suddenly a little bustier you're welcome for the extra estrogen and progesterone that are being produced. It is really normal, mom, if your areola's darken and little bumps appear on them. So don't freak out. As I grow, you may even see blue veins more prominently on your breasts. Mom, I encourage you to buy a bra extender and or several new bras. I want you to be comfortable and likely your old bras will not work for the foreseeable future. I know you are so tired that you can't even stay awake for your favorite binge-worthy shows. But that's okay. The best ones are at our fingertips online these days. So rewind and re-watch to your heart's content. The lining of your uterus is beginning to thicken. And your cervix is softening and changing color already. I'm sorry you are bloated, cramping, nauseated, and exhausted. I am so thankful for you you have my heart. And on that note, my aorta is being formed this week. Love me, your baby, aka resident waddles. P.S. You think I am your miracle, but really you are mine. Hey guys, a quick disclaimer from Postcards from the Womb that you just heard. You may have noticed a couple of things. There was a wild generalization in the literary writing of Postcards from the Womb. And so I want to put out this disclaimer to acknowledge that this is not inclusive language. I am a supporter, an ally, and I'm adjacent to the LGBTQIA community. The language that I chose was based on a cisgendered heterosexual couple carrying a single fetus pregnancy that was conceived spontaneously after a last menstrual period. Now, how many people we know, do we know that that's actually their story? Not that many. So I want you to know that if you are in a same sex assigned at birth relationship, if you're in a same gendered relationship, if you are a single parent, if you struggled with fertility and didn't have a last menstrual period and utilized IVF or IUI for conception, whatever your story is. I see you and I don't want you to feel excluded. I wanted to make sure I let you know my reasoning behind the language that I used in postcards from the womb. I welcome your feedback at Birth Story Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening to Doula Diaries.